Are you interested in leadership? Welcome to the Menzies Leadership Forum podcast. Tune in for insights and observations about leadership, the challenges and blind spots, attributes and values that you need to lead now and in the future. I'm Liz Gillies, Menzies Foundation CEO and your host today. Let's get started. It gives me great pleasure to introduce uh, Natasha Short to the Menzies Leadership Forum. I think, Natasha, can I say, oh, Tash, one of the most inspirational people that I've encountered in my years at the Menzies Foundation. She brings such passion and such extraordinary insight and ambition to the work we do together. And I'm really excited at having the opportunity to share uh, you and to introduce you to Natasha. So uh, rather than some introduction, rather than me introducing you, can you perhaps touch just start by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you are, and yep. what your purpose in life is? Oh, thanks, Liz. Okay, so my name is Natasha Short, and I'm the managing director of Kimberley Gigas, based in Canada in the East. Kimberley and Gigas is a Jari word meaning birds, and it's kind of a play on words to say that we're a collective of Kimberley Indigenous women. So I come from the Jari people, which is 400k south of where I live now in Canada, which is Mirawong, Gidjaran country. I've spent 25 years working in community development, very passionate about Indigenous affairs and seeing the empowerment of Aboriginal people. And so about three years ago in 2018, I launched Kimberly Gigas for the purpose of basically our tagline is Kimberly Indigenous Women Influencing Social Change. So how do we, one, amplify the voices of Kimberly Indigenous Women? How do we promote Australian Indigenous culture in a positive way to those Australians that don't know much but want to know more about Aboriginal people? And number three, how do we empower more Indigenous women locally, regionally, nationally and globally into business so they're self-empowered? That's my mandate in life. So, Tash, lots of things led to that decision to starting. So just explain a little bit about the work you've done in the past and you and I connected because of an amazing report you'd commissioned, which was the first time I'd seen, you know, female Indigenous voice really clearly say what they hope for their own future. Can you just tell us a little bit how you got to the point where you recognised that there was this opportunity, as you say, to pull together those women, to build that network, to empower them? Where did that come from? So while I live in the Kimberleys, I'm born and raised from this place and forever our women have always taken the lead, Liz, and they've always been the doers and the action takers and the people that are making everything happen and that hasn't really particularly been acknowledged. And so after many, many years I was like, look, I don't think women have enough of a voice here and I don't think we have enough seats at the table to really lead a few things or, or be given that opportunity. So when we did that report back in 2018, it was basically about how do we amplify Indigenous women's voices, which ended up in the hands of Melbourne Business School, I think, Michelle Evans. And so I think everything is divinely connected and meant to be sometimes because then that's how you got a hold of that piece of work and we connected. Leading, So I I, I really believe that things that are meant to be will find its way and, and you'll find the correct people and the partners to basically strengthen the vision that you have and what you want to accomplish, which is... Let's tap into the resource of women, Liz. Can we do that? Because I think they're untapped. They haven't, they, they're the caliber of the women that we're working with and, and just their strength, their integrity, their vision, their skills, that has not been recognized. It hasn't been recognized and it hasn't been utilized for the betterment of our community. Tash, why is that? Why do you think that? I, I really, I don't know where that's coming from, certainly from a cultural perspective. And I can tell you there is a terminology which is gunning murkba which literally means women are the bottom people. And that's, a, that's an Aboriginal word. It's an Aboriginal meaning. 
talking about the status of women in our society, in Aboriginal society, is has traditionally been very, very low. Now, of course, there's a, there's a turning of a tide here and there's a, things are changing slowly. And, and so women are coming more to the front to say, well, hold on a second, like we're equals here. We're not greater than men. And we certainly do not disregard our men because they're extremely valuable. And their leadership is also essential to our betterment. So we're not saying that at all, but but we want to be equal and we want to be recognised for what we're bringing to the table. So, Tash, when I, um, I had the privilege, it really was an extraordinary opportunity that you gave me this year to sit at a camp with you and the women that you're working with. And we'll talk about Magdana Makers in a minute. But yeah. what I just was, the Menzies Foundation is focused on this idea of leadership for the greater good of us, the yeah. role that we can all play in yeah. identifying our purpose and contributing to the greater good. I've never yeah. been so struck by a such a genuine understanding of that as I did in listening to the women sitting around the campfire at the April camp that I went to. Can you yeah. just talk to me a little bit about purpose and how Indigenous women see the role that they play and what their hopes are for the future in, you know, in the context of what you've just explained? Yeah, I think... You, you won't really find Aboriginal, you won't find people more, I think, transparent and sincere and authentic than the Aboriginal women that I work with. And, and there, there's a, a deep a heart there for community and a willingness to share and contribute and, and see something better happen. And that's coming more and more to the front now. So that camp that you referred to, that was something that was sponsored by Indigenous Business Australia. It was our second camp. We did it on country. We did it on Bunaba country in the West Kimberley out of Yurimalay College. And we had about, like, you know, 40-odd women. And some of them are on a journey. Some of them are just starting off in business somewhere in the middle of it. Some are wanting to now grow and expand and, and develop further. But there's a growing interest in how people can use their natural skill sets, talents, and even their, their knowledge of Aboriginal culture to basically make a business out of it. And through that business, through that creation of wealth, go to reinvest it back in their communities. This is where the power is at with, with Aboriginal female entrepreneurship. One, you have at the heart of Aboriginal culture, the term Wurnan, which is trade, which is a sharing, which is that, that's the philosophy of Aboriginal culture from the very beginning. But now you combine that with entrepreneurship in a way that, okay, we're now not trading anymore. We're now selling stuff. But with the profits, the mindset of Aboriginal people is not to create wealth for luxury living, as my Aunty Olive says. It's basically to reinvest back into our communities to better the lives of other people. Because we have a very turbulent history, Liz, we have a history of oppression here, and this is not a blaming of anybody. It's just, it's just a historical fact. It's Australian history. So we've had a lot of oppression, and so people are coming out of that. They're coming out of a season and a time where they've been oppressed and they haven't had time to, they haven't had opportunities to think and excel and, and be supported and all of that. But now... We're seeing people coming into their own and saying, no, this is a time and a season now where we are going to take matters into our own hands and create our own future because we are not victims, we are victors. And that's my mindset, Liz. Um, Tosh, what really struck me, though, was, first of all, this idea of wealth creation. I mean, you so passionately defend or created a space in which to unpack what that meant for Indigenous women. Just talked a yeah. little bit about how wealth sits in this context of responsibility for family and community what are you trying to do in talking about wealth in a different way so basically we know that no no business non-indigenous business will reinvest 
equal to what Aboriginal people will reinvest back into their community. This will not ever happen because Aboriginal businesses have it in their mind to empower their own people. They'll use their wealth. So we want to support women particularly to create that wealth by recognising what they can use around them. So what I'm simply saying is let's move away from government handouts. Let's move away from welfare. Let's move away from being dependent on other people and what they say goes. How do we take control ourselves of our own future create wealth? How do we do that in a culturally appropriate way where we have a trauma-informed lens viewing over our support? These are all the things that we have to take into consideration. And as Aboriginal people, we know these things. So we're an Indigenous-led Aboriginal business coaching and mentoring service. So we are taking our life's uh, experiences and we're taking our, our Aboriginal cultural knowledge and putting into place here to be able to support women to create their own money. It's a fairly new concept. Some of our women have been in business for a very long time, Liz, but many are just, it's now dawning on them now. Oh, I don't have to be an employee. I can literally work for myself. I mean, I only had that concept introduced to me four years ago. I'm a mature agent. I find that hard to believe, Natasha. I think you've always had it in you. (laughs) Maybe I did. Maybe I did. And then someone just came along and said, hey, by the way, you why don't you work for yourself? This is literally what she said. She said, Stop working hard for other people. Start working hard for yourself. It's probably the best business advice I've ever been given. And there's two things. So this is the Magdana Makers Club that is the heart of the collaboration between the foundation and you, Tash, and Kimberly Teagers and Good Return working with Cindy Mitchell. And it's, I mean, it has been the most extraordinary year because despite COVID and lockdowns and lockouts, yeah. Just the numbers of women who've connected for the club have yeah. increased from a relatively small 15 to what number did you tell me, Tash, recently? About 80 odd. So, so that's was, 80 women who yeah. have come to Magdana Makers. What yeah. are they most looking for support in regard to, Tash? Oh, I think a little bit of everything. They've got a concept. So many of our women are aspirational. They've got a concept, but they don't know how to make it happen. So a lot of our women, they just don't have the confidence. So a lot of our women are growing in their need support to grow in their confidence, to grow in their belief and ability that they can actually do things, which is we're very happy to support that. So it's everything, Liz. It's, it's from the beginning stages of, of a dream to I've already been in business for five years, but I'm turning my wheels here, helping with my marketing. How do I promote this to a, to a greater extent whereby I can generate a greater income stream? And that's what it's all about, business. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about it is that Look, there's nothing wrong with you working two days a week so you can have a guaranteed income every fortnight and then two or three days a week ply your business and see what you can generate out of that. You can, you can create multiple income streams if you so choose, if, you, if that's you know, what your desire is, and then be self-sufficient and work for yourself, work to your own schedule. I've been working for myself now on a full-time basis for several years. And I can't imagine ever working for anybody ever again. I'm touched. The thing, sitting around the campfire at night and for people listening, it truly was an extraordinary experience. And so many of the women every night would sit and reflect on what they thought and learnt for the day. And the days were rich and the conversation was lively and there was great engagement. But what I came away with that struck me so deeply was not one of those women talked about a future that wasn't deeply connected to their families, their communities and the earth. How in how the women in the Magdana Club think about their work in the context of their families and communities is, I think, one of the great opportunities in this work, Tash. How do you yeah. see that unfolding? There's no separation of it. 
There is no separation of it. And that's why we're saying use your cultural knowledge, use your insights as an Aboriginal person of how you know instinctively you can get a better outcome than a non-Aboriginal person that rocked up in the Kimberleys two years ago. Use, you know, use that innate knowledge that you have now. And so, yeah, absolutely. So that the more that we empower women economically, the more that we strengthen women. See, business is the new blacklist. That's what I said to a friend the other day. And she said, you know what, I think I think business is the new bank. Yeah. I said, yeah, you're absolutely Can right. Can I say either of those is marvellous, Tash? Either oh, of those is fabulous. It's marvellous. It's just like we're, we're, we're basically revealing. It's like a revelation to women about, oh, my goodness, we've done it for in a certain way all these years. See, many Aboriginal women and pe- people in particular have given away their knowledge because mm-hmm. that's the mindset of, of, of Aboriginal people is that generosity of spirit and mm-hmm. a sharing and caring. And I said, you don't have to just give everything away. You can, you can sell things. Think about what you can sell here. It's now for the betterment of your own family. And everything in Aboriginal culture is connected. We will not separate them. And this is why it's so important for our women as well to have a very stable and secure home base because that's conducive to good business operations. You can't have chaos in the home. You can't be having so much happening at home that you can't think straight. So this is all the stuff that we're working with with women to say, this is let's show it to you in a clear map here about how you can truly get to a place of business operations in a successful way that's sustainable long term. Well, the other thing that really strikes me when I connect, I'm lucky enough to connect him to work with you, Tash, is so many of the women start to talk about their hopes for the future and the businesses they want to build, but through a lens of trauma. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The conversation always starts with I'm supporting my husband or I'm supporting my daughter or I'm raising my grandson. But what's amazed me is how that can be a strength-based platform to start business thinking from, that rather than it being a deficit or a disadvantage, it almost seems to be like there's a harsh reality about that, that those women sit with. But yeah. the opportunity about business and entrepreneurship is a way yeah. to make that a strength-based thing in which to use to move forward. Are you seeing that, Tash? Completely correct. So, we look, there's no denying uh, that we are suffering from significant challenges in the Kimberleys, particularly. There's no, there's no denying that, okay? But a lot of the conversation has been from that deficit lens and we, don't, we want to get away from that. So we focus on, you know, strength-based approaches and we choose to promote and highlight the positive things. So when Good Return had sponsored me late last year to go and do a podcast series talking to a lot of the local Aboriginal women, that material, those podcasts have now been transcribed. They've now, we've now basically reformatted that into a magazine production. And that magazine will come out uh, early in 2022. Kimberly Shiro's, as in heroes but Shiro's, and not-so-secret women's business. That's also a play on words because secret women's business is actually a thing. It's actually our practice, but it's not so secret for us because we operate commercial businesses. And, and so that, that magazine will absolutely promote and highlight how fabulous our women are. It's got stories in there from dozens of our Aboriginal women as well as business articles, business adverts, business resources. And it's a fantastic place to start looking at to encourage and inspire women for greater things. So we don't want to be the bottom people. We don't want to be downcast. We don't want to be defeated. We want to be uplifted, empowered, enriched, inspired, and fulfilling our destiny. And so with that in mind, so it's, it's a very, I've seen you, people respond, the women respond with such a sense of possibility to that call. 
Yeah, sometimes down in Melbourne and Sydney and in the cities, there's this sense that there's a lot of resources going into the Kimberley and there's lots of people working on business development. But there's something particular about working with women in the way that you do, about building this confidence. Tell me a little bit about how the system, how this piece of work fits into the bigger system piece and why this piece is so important, Ash. So Maganda makers, and by the way, Maganda is a Jaru word meaning tomorrow. So simply it means we're talking about we have a vision for the future, Magan, tomorrow makers, Maganda makers, you know. And we have to start somewhere, Liz, where we want to empower ourselves. Now, if you've had 240 years of oppression and poor policies and bad leadership and things that have just gone haywire, it's going to take time to come out of this place. But if you believe I'm stepping into my purpose in life, I step into my destiny, I step into what I'm here for on earth which is to inspire people, encourage people, support people to become better. And that's, to me, at every person stepping into their you know, reason for being, if, you, if we all did that, we're going to get to a place, a better place together. And I say together because not, none of our work can be done individual, individually. It's a collective effort. It's a collaboration with other key players who have the same vision. And we found that. We have found people who want to, build up Aboriginal women in entrepreneurship because they can sense that it's a winning formula. You know, we just absolutely, have to it absolutely we is. Just have to be patient with the time because it's taken two forty years to get here in this bad place. So now, come on, give us a couple of years to get out. Well, can I say, Tosh, I have had the privilege of seeing you call that out to the women that you're working with in your community. And I, you know, I don't think I've ever, I've seen how mesmerising that has been and also what opportunity and how transformational it is for the women who can see, Tash, what an amazing, frankly, example I think you are. You've done the things, you've set up your business, you've got a vision, yeah. you're connected to your purpose. Can I ask yeah. you just a little bit, Tash, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, so can yeah. I ask you just a little bit about your own leadership journey? Tell me about how you became or came to this place where you are yeah. leading in the way you are. You know, you know, the funny thing is, is that so many of us Aboriginal people who do take lead roles, we don't consider ourselves to be leaders. You know what I mean? I, I really don't consider, I wouldn't say I'm a leader. I'm, I simply say that I do have a vision. I do work hard. So I'm a person of action. I do want to support and inspire other people, definitely. And I think that just going out and doing what I desperately believe in, where I, I think it can make a difference, I've gone ahead and done that without permission from other people. And I haven't been afraid to do that. And then by default, somehow other people wanted to be a part of that journey. I didn't go, you know what I mean? They've just sort of followed me as I've gone along and branched out because I guess they're saying, oh, gosh, she's got a little bit of confidence. Well, I don't know where that comes from except to say that I've always had it. I don't know. Uh, You know, I feel very strongly about these things. So like I said, I'm born and raised from the Kimberley. I come from here. And so I've seen things over the years. I've been working here in this space for decades now. So I know what works. I know what doesn't work. I instinctively know um, certain things that others wouldn't have because they've just never, they haven't been here long enough. So with my life experience and with my passion and with my belief in, in myself as well, I push out and I go and do what I believe can make a difference. None of us want to work hard without getting a reward in the end. And that reward is the satisfaction of a job well done. And other people, doing better because you were there. And that for me is exciting. So, Tosh, there's very few people I, well, sorry, I work with lots of amazing people, but there's very few people that I have a the same clear sense of your purpose 
and yeah. your the way that you think about the greater good and the steps that you take to build that. How do you think we get more people to think about their responsibilities to the greater good? Like what should leadership be, Tash? How do we unlock how you live, what you do? Because this is the thing that will make a difference in the world, Tash. Look, Liz, I'm, I'm very true to myself. I'm very true to myself. I'm very, um, I'm a very authentic person. I do what I passionately believe in. So, and, and the reason I saw something the other day, a quote the other day, don't start a business to make money, start a business because you want to make a difference. And that resonated with me. Money is just a nice byproduct of business. The primary goal of it is to make a change and make a difference and show some people a different way. So I am a very authentic person. I love what I do and I do what I love. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah. It's, I think it's as simple as that. But I know one of your other passions that we're going to yeah. eventually get to with Magana Makers is about the next generation of Indigenous girls, Aboriginal girls, and yeah. what you want to say to them. As someone, yeah. I think, Tash, who's providing an extraordinary example of leadership in the work that you do, what are your ambitions for those young women? Oh, it's so exciting, Liz, because, see, I came to come into business as a mature age woman, you know, and so now, because I've had this revelation, I've seen how it works, and it's been such a fantastic journey for me, business business operations, I now want to give that knowledge that I've got later, later in my life to younger women. It's, my daughter, I've got a, you know, even I've got a 20-year-old daughter, you know, and I'm even telling her now, look, Sophie, there's a way that you can actually create money from your own talents, and uh, you work for yourself. And so that is a super exciting thing, concept, to introduce to women who are much, much younger because we've learned it late in life. And if you talk to a lot of different Aboriginal women in my community, they can all say the same thing. So they'll all tell you business business learnings and business coaching or, or, or concepts were not introduced to us early. We had no concepts really of business and how it could change your life and, and the options it would give you. So that's why we're super excited to take what we know later and give it to somebody younger. Whether they take it or not early is, is up to them. But the point is they can never say, Oh, I didn't. I've never heard about this until I got forty. Until I turned forty, you know what I mean. I agree, We're yeah. telling them now when they're seventeen, eighteen. Like, what's amazing in those contexts, though, is it's not just the seventeen-year-olds and you. It's also yeah. the elders as well. That notion yes. of the yes. you know the tribe across generations yes. supporting each other, standing behind each other, with each other. Yes, if you could say something to the women of Australia, Tash, because that's yeah. you know that's our ambition. How do we get a tribe yeah. of women to stand behind you, with you, beside you, to make your amazing vision for um, the women that you're working with a reality? What would you say to those women, Tash? Well, get on board. Like, I mean, women as a collective are just unstoppable. You know what I mean? Like women as a collective. So th there's nothing better than a group of women who are like, we're going to make this happen. We're going to support one another to make this, you know, a reality in our life and not just something that we're dreaming about and talking about. To me, it's so, so exciting what women can do as a group. I think that's a really fabulous place to start this conversation, Tash. Um, as I said, yeah. I just think, I think you are doing extraordinary work there. I'm just so delighted that the Menzies Foundation is standing beside you, Tash. I really yeah, hope that, that too. other women feel as inspired as we do by the work that you're doing. And I think this tribe of women that you talk about, 
young yeah. women, women our age, older women. I think all yeah. of us can stand together and do extraordinary work to realise your dream for the women that yeah. you're dealing with. So, Wouldn't that be fantastic? Tash, we're going to make that happen. Thank you so much, Liz. I really appreciate your support. Not at all, Tash. Uh, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. I really appreciate it. All right, Tash. Thank you. Thank you.